0: welcome to what you read and do podcast it's like a book club but we all bring something different we're your hosts jamie
1: lauren and lisa
0: masters (laughs) of non-speakers on everything
1: we cover it all except only the things we care about Yeah. yeah yeah books tv podcasts current events you get the picture we tell you what to check out and what to skip. We talk about deep things too,
2: mm. y'all. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Disclaimer, we don't know anything and we change our minds constantly. We do. So <laughs> let's get into it.
1: Hey, everyone. <laughs> we got a special guest in the house today. Per <laughs> per
3: <laughs> well, you, you should get a soundboard. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: that would be <laughs> just <fun> like
0: <laughs> We'd only be doing sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but we recorded the sound effects. Ooh, it's so yeah. just sound effects of us. You
1: should sound. do that. Our, our voice.
2: voice. Actually,
0: actually that. that'd be really
1: funny.
3: Yeah.
0: I don't know how to do it, so <laughs> someone else does that. Okay. Anyway.
1: Uh, anyway, we have a masculine voice in the house Whoa.
3: today. Whoa! <laughs> I'll try to keep it low. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs>
1: yeah all right well we have our friend hui on the pod today he's gonna be here talking to us about a book that he brought to talk about as well as other Uh, Uh, (laughs) things so before uh, i ramble on too much i'll just kick it over to him he can introduce himself and we'll get started hi hui who are you
3: well that's a good question uh (laughs) hi i'm hui and uh, I think I got introduced to the group through Lauren Yay. when I moved to Seattle in August. So I'm new to the area. Oh, you only
0: ooh, moved in ooh. this August? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What brand so new. new.
3: You thought I was like a secret friend that Lauren had? Yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>, I <laughs> did. It's <Yeah>. time <laughs> to <laughs> unveil a keeping stuff. my secret. No. You
0: could have been like a Wait, different
3: but y- COVID But you're group. new too, right? Ish. No,
0: I've been here two and a half years. Ago. But, <laughs> but she's only
2: okay. like, here compared in to COVID. all the <laughs> other
0: people that. Are six years old. Yeah. I am very new.
3: <laughs> but did you just move to the Capitol area?
0: No, I've been there two and a half years. Oh, nice. okay. <laughs> never mind
3: then.
1: But yeah, there was okay. only
0: like three months, four months before COVID. So then COVID, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a COVID Seattleite. Yeah,
1: <laughs> COVID baby. <laughs> a
2: COVID baby. Which, which is
3: different because I haven't been in a. Post-COVID Seattle Yo, before, which might not exist, but yeah, it was very <laughs> yeah.
1: fun—a pre-COVID Seattle. Yeah. But yeah. we have summer coming up. Plastic partitions what at God. grocery stores are coming down. I mean, <laughs> things are true. happening. Thing, things won't. are
0: happening. You can't wear, or no, you don't have to wear masks on airplanes anymore. Yeah. So, anyway, we it got might off turn on a big up. tangent. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know Lauren. You moved How? here recently?
1: Oh yeah. How do you know Lauren? How's From
3: Undergrad at Ball State University chirp, in chirp. Muncie, Indiana. Chirp chirp. <laughs> our commencement speaker was Papa John. Oh yes.
2: my God. <laughs> um,
1: You
3: heard it here first.
2: He went to school with our previous guest, Joel, and I. Oh. Papa John. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Papa John. Papa, <laughs> Papa John. too, Yeah. Class <laughs> yeah. Of thirteen. Yeah. Papa John <laughs> went to Ball State. <laughs> we did, did he really? Yeah. I don't.
3: That's why he was our commencement speaker. Oh, I just thought. That's why there's the Ball State Bogo deal. <laughs> oh
0: god see these are all things I didn't know I just thought Papa John's liked Indiana because of Peyton Manning. And now, no, but
3: he did throw two signed Peyton Manning footballs at commencement. Oh, uh, stop yeah. it! I, think
1: they blacked out that I whole should have gone here commencement. I am out of here. We all and
2: got were, was it a $10 yeah, gift
3: $10 card? Yeah, $10 gift card under every seat. He was like the Oprah of Muncie. Oh wow. my god. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Was it $10 gift card to Papa John? Yeah, at, okay. y- <laughs>
3: <laughs> at select participating locations. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Joel for it. Joel
2: just used his couple oh years. Years ago, with the one across the street, mm. we've come full circle, and we live next to one of the only ones in Seattle. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Wow.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, John.
2: and yeah, he was, you know, being papa. God,
1: <laughs> so generous. <laughs> being wow. crazy,
2: he's there's some controversy
1: surrounding oh, yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, let's anyway, see. are you an architect? no yay <laughs> okay <laughs> what decidedly are you? not to be so, uh, I, so <laughs> uh
3: so i am in historic preservation so i used to do that oh. at a government level but now i do it at That's a non-profit boring.
0: level Ooh. like pres. well i'm thinking That's of not art boring. preservation what is what do you mean historical so it's kind of
3: similar um
0: which side of
3: it it is the traditionally speaking it's like the saving of old buildings
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay yeah the historical society well yes
3: but yeah. what should i get away from that <laughs> okay yeah so uh
0: <laughs> rebranding
2: yeah we're rebranding. rebranding we're fresh whole
3: <laughs> yeah so that's okay. how a lot of it started is like old white people getting together like hey let's save, save old white building. people's houses yeah. but now yeah. it's like more cultural heritage underrepresented communities making sure Community gathering spaces, sacred spaces, sites of important historic events or patterns, or whatever is celebrated and preserved. Yeah.
2: and you get to travel all around Washington, don't you? Yeah. So um, well, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, because uh, there's historic places all over, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. organization I work for is a statewide nonprofit advocacy. So. Uh, we do a lot of statewide programming so that means i get to visit all those places yeah
2: you've probably seen more of the state than we
3: have yeah it's (laughs) definitely a good excuse like oh like i need to know what's going on over there so i just like find reasons to be over there but a lot of times it's like they're pretty scattered apart so it's more of them trying to get me out there than me trying to find an excuse, which is nice. Oh, that's sure.
1: cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely thought you were, like, in PR or something. Like, you've covered this before, but like, given how much you travel, yeah. and I've seen like, Instagram stories of, like, concerts and stuff, I was like, yo, does this guy, like, represent musicians? Like, oh, I, whoa, that's I just have this image no, no. of you like, jet-setting uh, across the country. <laughs>
3: no, I'm just a, a hype beast and pretend that my job is cooler <laughs> yeah.
1: than it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean <laughs> it seems pretty cool yeah,
3: I, know. Yeah. I mean so like a real quick thing about yeah. historic preservation so uh, one of the posts that you might be referencing is like when I went to the Tyler of the Creator concert at yep. Climate Pledge Arena exactly- which if you guys didn't know is a like 1969 1971 building that mm-hmm. is on the National Register of Historic Places mm-hmm. so in yeah. its renovation to how it's used now is Climate Pledge Arena it uses a historic preservation tax credit, which is like a huge financial incentive. Oh. So it's like one of the biggest historic preservation, renovation, restoration projects to use a historic preservation ah. tool. So that's why I tagged cool. it in my little post. There we go. Yeah. Cool. yeah, I so did it was a, a work trip, but it's <laughs> right yeah. down the street. So yeah, yeah. Dope. <laughs>
2: I was excited really to cool. see it once it reopened. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. pivot us to the topic of this podcast to give the listeners an idea of what media and resources you normally consume what what do you normally like to read or watch what
3: yeah so i am a really bad reader i've been trying to get back into reading mm. since like i graduated from high school really because it through mm-hmm. undergrad like we're, we're, not, we're not even reading they we're reading like how to calculate concrete loads (laughs) right yeah Um, yeah so (laughs) riveting not a lot of time for down yeah you had like a few elective classes that you had to like read a random College history book, or in our architectural history class, like we had to write like one essay or something, so there's little reading through that. Wow. And then, similarly, through mm-hmm. grad school, it was like reading specific chapters or articles to write essays and yeah. stuff, so yeah. it's like hard to read for fun, yes. So, I don't know if you guys had to go through that kind of <laughs> yeah. process yeah. of back to reading thing. for fun, yeah. and even now, I I wouldn't say I read for fun, and this is a, a really fun conversation I've had with my coworkers. Like, hmm. she says, like she reads f- for enjoyment. I was like, I read specifically not to enjoy. I'm trying to get traumatized. <laughs> I'm trying to feel something. <laughs> um, wow. Or learn something, right? And okay, like, I feel that. After talking about it a little trauma bit more, it's like uh, it's like, okay, but that's how I enjoy things, right? I like, sure, so technically, I read to enjoy, but the way I enjoy is different I than like how other trauma. people yeah, sure it's like some people like to watch like trash t v or something just so they can like what? get an es- get an escape <laughs> yeah. from reality yeah. right? definitely but I'm trying to. Freak myself out. Like scary <laughs> things,
0: or like true crime, or like really depressing shit. Uh,
3: all of the above, but mostly like something interesting. Like just give me something to think about.
1: Kind of like blows your mind, changes your perspective on things. Yeah, a little
3: bit. Like mm-hmm. I really, I really like critical stuff, and I found through the past few months of getting back into reading, or at least audio booking, that I really like nonfiction as long as the writing around it is good because like nonfiction fiction be so boring but sure. if the writing's really good then it's like oh this is kind of easy to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get into so mm-hmm. long story short crying Mart was like been on my list for a really long time and mm-hmm. i even put a hold on it at the, at the on the library app mm-hmm. but it was super popular through last year which yeah. you know what yeah. i end up talking about so it wasn't until like January, I got a notification that says your book on hold is available. (laughs) I was like, all right, I'm supposed to start reading again. So, um, so I got it off there, started reading uh, Crying H Mart, audio booking it, which is narrated by the author Michelle Zahner, lead singer of Japanese Breakfast, which Mm -hmm. I didn't know about until the very last (laughs) chapter because I'm bad at reading, um, you know, press releases or or book reviews or you know, whatever the the pop culture is talking about. Uh, so I just read it through. I was like, "Oh, Japanese breakfast." Yeah. So had
0: you heard of Japanese breakfast before? <laughs> yeah,
3: a little bit. Okay. So have you guys? Because the people I've talked to, nope. some people are like, "I did. I don't even know who that is." So I, I thought that's how they got Lisa, into it. Lisa,
0: when like you were coming over, was like, "We should put on some like Japanese breakfast music." So like, because I hadn't listened to it before, and I was like wait what and then i thought it was a genre i music. thought i was like yeah, i said it, i was like so can you yeah. listen to breakfast music at, like, <laughs> after, <laughs> after dinner like it's like not breakfast i thought she was talking i thought there was like a specific genre that i had never heard about <laughs> that specifically japanese people listen to at breakfast I yeah. was like this is crazy wow how i had never heard of this Mine like, is no, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's the artist. It's like, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, oh. we were talking about it the other day, and you said something like, "I think the book is more popular than mm-hmm.
3: yeah, the so, band
2: now," which is totally true. Yeah, yeah, so
3: interesting because they just got nominated for a Grammy for best new artist. Yeah, and oh really? It's, she's on like her fourth album. So,
0: <laughs> not really a new yeah, artist, but, then, but that's cool. So. Crying
3: H Mart has been on New York Times bestseller list for like fifty, three weeks straight or something. So, it's Crazy. very interesting because yeah. some yeah. people they're like, "Oh, like this is the Japanese breakfast book. I'm gonna list. I'm gonna read the book because I like Japanese breakfast." And then some people are like, "I." Just found out about this because it's a New York Times bestseller. Or I've yeah. seen my friends talk about it. And then yeah. they're like, oh, what's this band that she's in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how so, I knew
0: about it. I didn't know. even know. I Googled it before I got here.
1: I didn't even know it was a memoir.
0: Like, yeah, I had just assumed it was a fiction book because everyone yeah. was
1: talking about it. I had heard of Japanese Breakfast before, but I couldn't say I had listened to their music at all. But I definitely heard, of, I heard about the book through people hyping it up when it first came out and just talking about how amazing it was. I'm like, oh. Huh i need to get in on this you know so it's cool that you're coming and talking about it today because as of right now i still have not read it i started to and i just started weeping and <laughs> i just haven't been in a space where i just want to weep yeah, <laughs> when like, i read now it makes sense
0: that you say like trauma because lisa was like yeah i on page two i started sobbing and i was like this is great. Oh, this, this is great. <laughs> Wait, so how far did what you get? What is this I book?
3: Got, I like, think I got first chapter.
1: Uh, yeah, like I think <laughs> I'm
3: like a couple pages
1: in. Someone told me it was funny, and so
3: <laughs> is it funny? So it is funny, and okay. l- and I'm I'm excited to talk about it with you guys today, or at least like yeah. you know the first few chapters that. Oh, we can know we've talk about as of it. Yeah, because it. I don't think it was. I don't. I didn't cry about okay. it. So I expect to. I was like, oh, like it has Asian stuff. It has mother stuff. It has cooking stuff. And I was like ready to like really, really enjoy it. And obviously I think it's a good book and I'm glad a lot of people like it. But like for me personally, I ranked it four out of five on my Goodreads. Okay. Because I was like, this is good. I'm glad people are liking it. But it didn't speak to me directly, even though it hits all the things that I think I would care about. But what I liked about it, it was that it opened the gateway for me to, like, read into more contemporary Asian-American authors. Which yeah. Which I did have some 5 out of 5 recommendations. Oh, we need to hear that. So we'll okay. uh, so end up talking about that. But, yeah, like, tell me more about your reaction to Crying H-Mart.
1: Oh, well, I, I got so, like, I'm not far in. So <laughs> I I just really empathized like okay okay. (laughs) the I think one of the first lines is like I cry every time I go into H Mart now because I just think of my mom and I think about like cooking and my history with her and that just brought me to my like I I get really sad when I think about my parents passing away and so I just kind of threw myself into the author's stance immediately and was just Mm -hmm. thinking about the grieving process while you're still kind of getting back into real life so I didn't I didn't make it super far in but I reread the book jacket after like having that initial reaction and just realized that this was probably going to be a heavier book than I just was currently ready to read but I am really interested to read it and uh, like you know we talked a little bit before recording this about your journey with contemporary Asian American authors and I'm super excited to get more exposure into that in my own reading and hear about you as well because I read Ali Wong's uh, Dear Girls, which was hilarious. And that touched on so many things that I could relate to, things I couldn't relate to, and I enjoyed every second of that, you know? But bringing it back to Crying in H Mart, though, do you want to, like, set the premise of the book on this? Sure. I mean, so
3: I think anyone who has heard about it at least like generally knows that like it is about the loss of her mother Mm -hmm. and it's like a a whole book on grieving through like uh specifically korean-american culture and then there are points about korean-american cooking as like a way for her to feel connected to her mother so like that's where i thought i would find the most connection because i love cooking and obviously i love my mother and that is one thing that we bonded together but maybe the reason i didn't have such an impact an emotional impact is like you know my mother's still around and my Mm -hmm. masculine navigation of that relationship hasn't hit me or made me think about like what if she Mm. wasn't around so it's Mm, interesting to hear Mm -hmm. you relate to it you know with the loss of your parents
1: which, they are still
3: alive. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> they, oh, but so you are just imagining it. Cause that's, you, yeah. yeah, like, I... Uh, well, <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, wait, the way you sounded it made just sound like they're both...
1: No, <laughs> no that's no, a real guess, thing. But no. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I w- won't go too crazy into this tangent, but I think, like, I live across the country from them, and I think the longer I'm out here, the more I think about how much time I am missing not being around them. And I think for a while, I, I don't know when this started, but just, like every once in a while if I like think about like the ultimate future where like they are no longer here like it just brings me an immense amount of sorrow Mm -hmm. and so I I can just like can so easily transition into that realm like because I just I can see a day where I don't want it to happen but you know yeah yeah so yeah they're still totally alive but I think also like that connection I well okay what I can relate to is having lost grandparents and having feeling that in my grieving process like one of my grandmothers has passed away and it kind of transforms how i think about love when you think about people once i've like experienced grieving in my own way because their love is just in me now from like what influence they had on my life and so they're little things that bring it out you know which can be really Wonderful. There's sometimes it just kind of surprises you or you're like, "Oh god, why did I why why did this gene get passed on, you know?" So, I guess like maybe I can also relate to it in that regard where it wasn't
3: a direct parent, mm-hmm. but a grandparent. Yeah. But and maybe mm-hmm. you're just more in, in tune with maybe. That, <laughs> that. that morbid side of, of reality. Oh, um, possibly, god.
0: <laughs> yeah. But you're the anyway. one that likes to
3: Right. I, be I was ready. I was ready to be traumatized. So. But I was like, "This is fine." This mm-hmm. is good, okay. important, clear writing, but it didn't hit me personally yeah. as like yeah. as what That's I was what looking saying. for. But, you know, speaking of like books and like Ali Wong or other authors that aren't the identity or the the culture that you identify with, like I'm curious about you guys when you guys read books outside of your own perspective, like how do you navigate or relate or not relate with, you know, characters and narratives?
1: I would say um, I love that you're asking. Such, us. Yes, such no, a deep. <laughs> I know we just like, like totally flipped what? this interview around. I wasn't um, ready. Go ahead. I, for some of the books I've read in the last year, where that has been the case, I've been coming to them with open eyes, and I, f- like, I see the moments where I can relate, and I think I'm trying to keep my eyes open for the moments where there's a reference that I don't get, like due to a cultural difference. And kind of use it as an educational opportunity, but I can still like, I can still find ways to relate to characters. Mm-hmm. And but it does really it brings up some interesting thoughts in my mind about representation because I have been so used to kind of seeing myself in way one way or another in mm-hmm. uh, media. And so, you know, between shows like Insecure and like Black Buck, where it's like a predominantly like black community where. Yeah, I've tangentially had relationships connected to that community, but I'm not in that community, you know, so it's, it's definitely brought up thoughts for me about representation and it being okay that I'm not represented in something, but understanding how important it is to have both of those. Well, I mostly read fiction.
0: Mm -hmm. So like Lisa said, in the past, I don't think I ever really had to think about it. Like in books, media is different, TV is different. But like in books itself, when I'm reading a fiction book and, you know, a girl is the main person, I mean, you picture her certain ways, but like a part of it is always kind of like focusing on like yourself. Like you, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like when you picture the person, you, you know, like, oh, they must think kind of like me or like look kind of like me. Like you try to find ways to relate. So I've never really paid attention to what race the main character is until Mm -hmm. we really started trying to make a like concerted effort to go out and like pick books with main characters of different races I don't find it difficult at all to relate to humans are humans (laughs) (laughs) Um, we all you know go through very similar things there's just different complexities that they have to deal with that I don't have to so yeah I do you know get to use it as a learning opportunity and note like oh some of these things are microaggressions or you know maybe I haven't thought about oh this is what it was like growing up you know I Mm -hmm. read Saving Ruby King which is about like a black girl two different black women growing up in South Chicago and it's like growing up in this area like I didn't have to They went through a lot of the same things I went through growing up, but they lived in a very different area and were black. So, like, Mm -hmm. how that made a different impact on their life. I don't know what I'm saying (laughs) also.
2: (laughs) I mean, I agree with what both of you are saying. Like, it's, I've been challenging myself in the last couple years to read books written by people who don't look like me, which, Mm -hmm. like Jamie was saying, like, if you're not thinking about it, then you're probably picking things that are written by people that look like you, like, because of my privilege, I have to try harder to go out of my way. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it's it's only just made me realize, like, how much in common all of us have. Like, sure, the specifics of our lives look very different, but the feelings are the same. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to grow up with a Korean mom and, and experience the Korean cooking and all of that. But I do know what it feels like to love my mom and to to be sad about the possibility of losing her. Yeah, And so... I mean, I, like, I, <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah. it's a learning opportunity, but also it makes me feel, like, so much closer to people who don't look like me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, th- this was all a crap.
0: Oh, thank you. To make you guys think about. Um,
3: because, like I mentioned, the way I specifically engage with these texts is through audiobooks. And I try yeah. to find the ones that or at least I gravitate towards the ones that are narrated by the author. Yeah. Because yes. I think the voice that you read with your internal monologue, I think is different than like maybe how the author wanted it to, to come across. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I really think about that.
0: That's a great it's point. It's your voice and it's your tone. Mm-hmm. Like You're reading your it pace, with like right? a male yeah. tone. Yeah, yeah. And like,
1: that's, I mean, it's not something you can change. So yeah. that's a great point. But it <laughs> It really brings books alive too. Like, uh, Ali Wong, I read that as. Is that narrated by her? Yeah. Yep, um, nice. Which was great. And then I'm like halfway through Billy Porter's Unprotected. And he is so. <laughs> the way he depicts his book is so illustrative. You Like, mm. it's so captivating. And I do not, I would not have ha- had that impression had I read it myself yeah. in a physical book. Yeah. You know, it really brings that tone to life. Ugh.
3: Yeah. So if um, I'm if I'm able to tease out one of the next books in my Asian American contemporary authors tour um is On Earth We Were Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong, Mm. who is a Oh, I
2: just recently found out about Ocean Vuong. Yeah, yeah.
3: So he is a Vietnamese refugee who is queer or probably just gay. I don't Mm. know if he identifies as queer anymore, (laughs) but his story was about, you know, growing up in like rural connecticut and then like Mm. navigating both poverty and midwest americana as like finding out his queer body and his queer uh presence in the world and his voice is very specific like Mm -hmm. he's super soft spoken and when you're reading it yourself you might assume it's like a, a masculine male Asian mm-hmm. voice but then when you listen to his audiobook or even him in interviews you realize that like it's way different yeah. than how you might have read it and s- for some people that might turn them off to you, it's like oh I don't really like his voice mm-hmm. and then others were like oh that's interesting I wonder if that would have changed the way I received the book so mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting, totally. too. Totally. Definitely. Oh my gosh. I
2: feel really strongly about memoirs being best received as audiobooks.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think you're so right about the voice of the author in memoir coming across so much better in
1: spoken format. But then on the converse side, you and I were talking what in the past week or so about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And oh, you yeah. You started the audiobook mm. on that, and the author's tone was like pretty off-putting. Whereas I was reading an e-reader version of it, and I found it really funny and engaging. Yeah. But I didn't have that tone in my mind, and it, it can be but real hit yeah. or
2: miss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's not a memoir, and I think yeah. that's, oh, that's maybe true. True. the so difference. So
3: have you guys yeah. read through it, or did you read through you starting it? I'm like two-thirds of I, the I way couldn't, through. I couldn't do it. Yeah. The
2: audiobook, he was just like – his voice was just such a – this tone was so bad to yeah. me.
3: I, I like to make fun of that book. So <laughs> oh, oh, do tell, uh, do tell. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I saw someone reading it at an airport once and I was like, I oh. hate you <laughs> um, because I think like they, for them to care so much about not caring that they were publicly displaying were, they were trying to read that book and not learn how to not care it was just like such a, a parody to me yes yeah. that's
1: hilarious like the performative yeah. aspect yeah. of that that is really like, funny whereas like i came to that book because it was like i am giving all the fucks yeah. about everything and i need to learn how yeah. to not <laughs> that's so that's funny really though. funny man okay wait if we can circle back though to your asian-american contemporary author tour so what like what have you read so far? What does this tour look or, like? Yeah. How, are how, you did, how did you get to this yeah. point where
2: you yeah, wanted so, to go sorry.
3: on the tour? So one, I've <laughs> been feeling guilty about not being a good reader since like forever. Right. So like yeah. I'm catching yeah. up on that. And then two, I'm also guilty for like not being more engaged in Asian American literature. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, I knew all of these books were picking up hype and, mm-hmm. It was hard for me to engage in them if I hadn't read them, right? So, like, I knew Ocean Wong's book was out there. I knew Crying H Mart was out there. And then all these other ones were popping up as I finished one and I would log it. Either a friend would tell me about another one or it would just come up on the algorithms like, hey, if you enjoyed this book, you might yeah. enjoy this other one. So, I've just been working my way through that. And, um, you know, a lot of them are critically acclaimed or, you know, receive prizes and, and different bestseller lists. So, I'm working my way through that. My favorite one so far Mm -hmm. is a collection of essays called Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong or Kathy Hong Park. And that's my favorite one because it's, it reads very angry. And I'm like, yes, let me get in this. And I thought I wouldn't like it at first, maybe because I had, I didn't like the title. I was like, mm. I was like, hmm, because I'm not
1: here for minor feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's because
3: there, you know, there's a lot of discourse about like, you know, modern minority that I'm already very familiar with, with like subjugation of emasculated Asian men yeah. and mm-hmm. then like fetishized Asian women, yeah. and I uh-huh. thought that's mm-hmm. where it was getting at, and I was like, I'm, I'm already know about. it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. need to read. But a book on this it game. goes way harder than that, Ooh. and she is a poet by training. So why I really liked it was because it is a collection of nonfiction essays in which Mm. she navigates through specific subjects. But because she's a poet by training, it bleeds into her writing. And I was like, this is way better than like a memoir, for instance, where it's like that's where I felt like I didn't I didn't really like Crying H Mart as much as I wanted to was because memoirs as a genre for me is hard to sit through because sometimes it's like you're just listing what happened to you you're right. like you're not analyzing it you're not saying <laughs> it in an interesting way and yeah. yes it's important to the development of who you are and the major events in your life but like
0: but why should i care yeah, you're just like mm. listening
3: like the timeline this is so
1: yeah but meanwhile
3: minor feelings Yeah, minor and feelings is like. like it's not a it's not chronicled like like chronological. Yeah, it's right? not it's not mm. chronological. So, no. there are some parts where she's like, "This is how I went through writing school as an Asian American woman in like the '80s and '90s." Mm. And then there's another article about watching the Richard Pryor special, where like he had his hair lit on fire as like how a angry black comedian used comedy to make a statement. Is similarly to how she was navigating poetry and literature as an Asian American woman, mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff was like, "Am I writing as a woman, or am I writing as a writer, or am I writing as an Asian American woman?" Mm-hmm. Um, so those mm-hmm. are the kinds of things that like I like to think oh, about. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it was, it was the best one. Awesome! Yeah. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. One, huh? We
2: need to connect on Goodreads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
3: which. I don't think it's a very good app.
2: It's not. It's okay. horrible. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, they but need a major update. Else. Yeah. There's nothing else yeah, yeah. out there. Which
3: is kind no. of good because it like makes it not social media. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, just, just like, freak. here's a list of books. You can comment it on if yeah. you want, but if you try to look for your friend or you try to look, you for cannot like, find you can friends. cannot do that. <laughs> no, like, you cannot find friends. Yeah. This is not about them. Yeah, this, this is, is not you. So no. I kind of like that part, but it is like. You just log your book and you log It's, like, off. really yeah. hard yeah. to use. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, they need a major Uh-oh. update. But, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. do like that it's not social yeah. media. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of them. Going back to a book that I really had a, a, a very personal connection to, that would be Saigon. Like, it sounds mm-hmm. like the city of Saigon, mm-hmm. but it's spelled Saigon and then Gon mm. Oh, like uh, S-I-G-H. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. Um,
3: and that's by Phuc Tran. And it's a Vietnamese refugee coming to America at an early age and then mm-hmm. just navigating his way through high school so surprisingly, I thought like it would go into like college in his adult years, but it mm-hmm. specifically grade through high school and he gets into like punk rock and like other antics and navigating be like okay am i going to uh, assimilate to whiteness or blackness mm-hmm. which i think a lot of asian americans had to navigate and then yeah. concluding is like oh wait i forgot asian's an, an option too <laughs> yeah. um and because that's vietnamese and that's male and you know heteronormative like i really relate to that one but mm-hmm. I, I acknowledged on my goodreads review that really it's a 4 out of 5 star book but it gets a bonus star for me specifically <laughs> because it was from the uh-huh. closest perspective I've ever had in a book
1: so oh, that's, that's awesome so are you a vietnamese then
3: mm-hmm. okay yep yep
1: the the point you just made about deciding like should i assimilate more white or black it made me think of fresh off the boat have yeah. you watched that show
3: yeah so uh that's funny that was That was one of the first Asian American contemporary author books that I read in like 2017, 2018. nice! By Eddie Huang, Mm -hmm. and there's a not a lot, but there there are articles and interviews out there about how the show, like, like they kicked them off after the pilot, so the show is very different from the book. So you're referring to the show. I'm referring to the show, but yeah, Yeah. tell me about Um, the book. Was it on Disney? Or ABC. Nickelodeon? Or, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it was, but it not, was like, um, yeah, it was like a family sitcom. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. It, was very... it had that family angle to it. It was more yeah. lighthearted.
3: I think, you know, when you see a sitcom like that, you're like, okay, cool representation. But, like, it was so far removed from the book that it was hard to like it because mm-hmm. the book was so good. Okay. Um, oh. Huh. And, like, like, what you're alluding to, like, I think Eddie – pivoted more towards like black culture yeah and even contemporarily there are you know criticism discourse about him black facing or you know talking black mm. or or leaning too much into that which i think there's a lot to talk about it's a whole, yeah! different, whole yeah. different episode so i think that's interesting for one but two i would just recommend if you have time and you're interested it's a it's a pretty good book yeah um
1: okay
0: now is that so a too. memoir yes yeah okay. <laughs> yes. So you do like that
1: memoir?
3: Yes, but okay. <laughs> it, it moves faster than a traditional memoir. Okay. Yeah.
1: I'm just like reflecting on my own history and friends I grew up with, and I just never thought of the like assimilation. Like, there's obviously like, do I stick to like my Asian heritage? Do I like assimilate into this more dominant white culture? Is there a middle ground here? And I foolishly like didn't think ab- about like the spectrum of other like other racial groups thing you know like yeah because when
0: you said white and black i think of where i grew up in, in indianapolis where it was we had a much higher asian population than african-american population so yeah yeah, yeah that, that just like yeah, doesn't is register uh-huh. to me <laughs> yeah. like the choice is white or black i was like no really the choice is like white or asian where i'm from but
1: i'm not asian so i you can't know. speak to what yeah. they felt but there's was a large Korean community where I grew up. There were some communities that had like a defined like group. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I remember a lot of like Korean kids in elementary school would, oh, what was it called? They would, they'd have like school after school where they're like Korean school where they were learning Korean mm-hmm. and other traditions. And so there was that foothold at least there for like some kids to kind of, I don't know, you're still kind of living two different lives in a sense, you know, but
3: you've yeah, got school like
0: school after school.
1: Yeah, yeah,
3: I had, yeah, I had that in California too. It was really? Sunday school. Yeah, so uh, it was. Like... I had Sunday school, but I think it was very different. <laughs> <Right. ways. laughs> yeah. well, it, was, it, it was half Catholic school, half Vietnamese school. Oh, yeah. oh wow, well,
0: interesting. Maybe
1: yeah. it's kind of similar to yeah. my Sunday school yeah. <laughs> then. Oh. But uh, okay, sorry. I know we're like. <laughs> where in California <laughs> are you from?
3: Uh San Diego.
1: Okay, yeah. nice. nice. Yeah,
2: yeah, good times. Or is it bad? I don't know. Indiana, Indiana, (laughs) Indiana. (laughs) sweet. What a shift. (laughs) I
1: guess. Are you learning anything from your tour of contemporary Asian American authors that surprised you, or
3: Um, are you enjoying mm -hmm. the
1: tour? (laughs) Okay, so let me let me try to think about this because
3: I I haven't. I haven't thought about it from that way because i just read a book i have some feelings about it and then i move on to the yeah, next yeah, 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 so yeah. one I, I am reflect. not connecting yeah, the dots yet yeah. sure um, sure so have i learned something
1: yeah, <laughs> it's okay if
3: no yeah you <laughs>
1: just, you don't have I'm, to learn anything i'm super intrigued this by this journey. tour idea yeah. i'm into
3: it i don't i don't know if i've learned things like maybe i've learned like specific like korean traditions that michelle zahner references or like some random cooking or hip-hop knowledge from other Related books that have those themes in it, but nothing that I would recall is like this is this is a big learning <laughs> This resource. is a learning um, lesson <laughs>
0: Note to self That's totally yeah. fine uh, No, that's fine But yeah. I think
3: I think the biggest takeaway is like the the empathy aspect of reading, right? Where it's like, oh, I'm glad someone's equally angry or like yes. so I'm glad someone also had to navigate through blackness or whiteness or, or racial triangulation Um, But yeah, but I what I like best about those emotional themes is through the more concrete methods or or i guess those also themes motifs maybe Mm -hmm. like cooking or hip-hop or music or punk rock or art for one of them and yeah i think that's that's where i'm most interested in is those intersections it's like how am i angry but also talking about food or how am i sad (laughs) but talking about punk rock music in high school as an Asian person, or like, or how is navigating queerness and racial identity connected, right? Yeah, yeah. for real. There
1: are so many layers, like, which I also, I know you mentioned it earlier. I can't remember which author you were speaking about, but how uh, she was contemplating like her voice and Mm -hmm. the intersectionality of what she identifies as and represents and what her voice is Representing, you know, and like where, where she's trying to like direct her voice, very layered. Super, yeah, yeah. Super intriguing.
3: <laughs> let me let me pull up my list just in case. Yeah. I, I okay. Any.
0: How many books have you read? Slash, is there like an end to this, or is this just a, is this just a ongoing journey that journey. you're, yeah, letting it
3: flow um you? It is. It is just an ongoing journey, I guess. And I do take breaks from Asian American authors, and I'll. I'll I'll tell you what some of those break books are, but, you know, when I finish one, I find out a new one that I totally miss, or a new one that just came out. So, I'm super late to On Earth We Are Briefly Gorge. I think that came out in, like, 2017, 2018, maybe, and Ocean Vuong just put out his new book, Time is a Mother, Mm -hmm. uh, and... Right now, it's on hold, and there are nine copies yeah. in use, and fifty-seven people are waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sounds like so, Sounds like, so. Sounds
2: like yeah. SPL.
3: So there's that, and another thing maybe I can bring up too is that I try to read a lot of poetry because I have a short attention span, and that's easier for me to like receive in chunks. And I think that. That also helps me decide, like, what kind of books I like when it's long form, like, with Kathy Park Hong and Minor Feelings, because she's a poet by training, like, it reads a lot easier mm-hmm. for me. Um, yeah. That and, like, food books. I got back, I I, I got an, a, another surge of audiobooking, catching up on reading, like, during like right at the start of the pandemic. So I read through Anthony Bourdain's stuff. Oh um, yeah. narrated by him wow. and obviously he has passed. Raph. So like it was kind of cool listening to a ghost. That is um, crazy. Whoa.
0: I've been he used to be i am <laughs> I'm going on a journey through Top <laughs> Chef. <laughs> yes, yeah. He used to be on a ton of old Top Chef episodes and it's crazy like watching back. and
2: I bet. Oh, Man, that's
0: crazy. Yeah, I Anthony bet. Bourdain. Yeah. Anyway, wow. sorry. His books are there. fantastic.
3: Yeah, he talks about cooking, and he talks about travel, and he talks about restaurants, and I always find that space very interesting. Yeah.
1: Do you enjoy cooking yourself? <laughs> yes. yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we can attest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, we move into great. our great rapid fire. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, wow. I well. do have a question before we do that because yeah. we skipped over it at the very beginning. So if you are trying to get back into reading slash have been getting back into reading that means you have been mostly like watching tv are you on like youtube what's your favorite like way to relax if you're not reading yeah so
3: it would definitely be youtube
1: yeah uh, because
3: it's hard for me to sit through seasons and episodes other than that, I do like yes. movies, so I have an AMC A list pass so I get oh, to see virtually unlimited would love movies. Our, my friend RJ. <laughs> he um, has that too. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Uh, so that. <laughs> yeah. um, That's hilarious. So many movies. So I watch movies and I watch a lot of random shit on YouTube. Nice. But, so
0: do you have a favorite random YouTuber shit?
3: <laughs> um, a lot of food reviews. Or no, maybe not even reviews anymore. Now more like cooking demonstrations. Oh yeah.
2: I can't attest to that. I feel <laughs> <don't laughs> like that's normally that. on when I come over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just okay. like a lot of food stuff. <laughs> Sweet.
0: Um. I'm into that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know there was a space for that on YouTube. I you mean? mean of yeah. course. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> what I'm like you mean? <laughs> I'm like I use YouTube to listen to music and that is yeah, yeah, I just, not I, a so YouTuber. I need to get into the space. See,
1: I feel like you can understand that there is every niche possible in YouTube, but whenever you stumble upon one, you're like, wow, look at all these people here. It's yeah. like surprising <laughs> that all these people have been hanging out on these channels that have like millions of followers yeah. that you're just learning about, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah mm. that's where I'm at. Very cool. Oh, wait, were there any other
3: break books you mentioned? Yeah. Recently, I just finished, like last week, The Boys in the Boat. Have you guys heard of that?
2: I hated that book. <gasps> Oh. <laughs> I feel really strongly about it. Okay, so <laughs> did you read it or did you audiobook? Yeah. It? I did not audiobook. So the it. audiobook,
3: the narrator's pretty good. Okay, oh, no. but okay. I would probably help. I get it because like, it's very very sports, I, very masculine.
2: I, I finished oh, it yeah. to the, the very book? end. You read it's the rowing book? team. Yeah, They went to the Olympics. Oh, yeah. wow. This is the book I find at every Goodwill I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, here, no right? one likes it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Uh,
2: yeah, Uh-oh. everyone he owns it to- and no one likes it. Okay, so yeah. I, so I liked it. I have it.
3: It reminds me of The Mighty Ducks two specifically, Ooh. like very like. Uh,
2: I want to see a movie so- of so- it.
3: Well, so they're making a movie. Okay, the yeah. book
2: was so boring.
3: I get it. Um, I thought it would be boring because I don't like memoirs, mm-hmm. but because it had a wide cast of people that they were following around rather than just one person, I was yeah. like, okay, this is easier to follow and
2: it was the munich olympics right
3: the berlin, berlin the berlin yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so
2: there's like stuff about hitler in yeah. there in the row oh, the like uw the rowing 30s team.
0: yeah yeah you're like talking about this like i should know yeah. about this i was like you was know. this like vancouver listen in boys in the boat like, <laughs> boys in the boat Okay, <laughs> i have not
2: heard of it. everyone knows about I'm it i'm a bad seattleite yeah. i don't
0: i didn't know you about go it You can pick one so. up at your local goodwill <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um i was like this is very white it's very <laughs> memoir very historic but surprisingly i liked it but maybe it was, it was not
2: for me yeah, like it, i can it understand might not be for you um
3: <laughs> but the audiobook certainly helps it because i would not be able to sit through reading i
2: feel book. like i liked the beginning of it about the dude who's living here yeah he, and going to u or something yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. know it was like it was yeah, hmm. yeah. it got boring though. Hmm. <laughs> okay i feel like it's a book you have to read if you're living here though yeah, because well, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a
3: historic story and the Shell House, like the, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah. little building that they're out of and build the boats out of, is one of the featured historic sites that we're having for an event. So that's why oh, like, I, had, I had
2: to catch up on it. I feel like the audiobook is was probably <laughs>
3: I mean, way you, to no, go. You
2: could, you no, can, I feel very strongly.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that is
2: all right. So
3: I read through that one. I read Clean by james hamblin have you guys heard of that one no it's basically a historical analysis leading to contemporary contextualizing of the cleanliness industry Oh. so it's about like soaps and skincare and like dermatology and i
2: want to read that
3: it's written by a physician turned like Investigative journalist, kind of. Ooh, um, yeah. And uh, How, like, he is very attractive. And he's <laughs> very <laughs> Uh, okay, maybe I'm back yeah. in. Maybe I'm back in. I'm he's 39 years old. Okay, tell But me more. he looks like he's 28. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Uh,
2: that sounds really interesting because um, yeah. I'm really fascinated by like hot the men. Soap, no, kidding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and no. the soap industry is so interesting. Yeah, so
3: there's a lot there. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> bump for everyone. main
2: Clean is all a fabrication. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, <laughs> another one I really liked was Eat a Peach by. Chef David Chang, who David Chang. Yeah, yeah. so he had a really close relationship with Anthony Bourdain and his, I think, daughter or son was born like a week after he found out Anthony died. It's also a very angry book, which I like. As you guys can tell, you might have yeah.
0: some angry things yeah, to
3: work through. That's no, I wanna yeah, no, I hear.
1: Mean, I want to know. Yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> tell me
3: all um, more about your anger. So he just has very strong opinions about like how food should be made, and he he looks at the culinary arts as an art, right? Where it's like, if you are doing something that disrespects the culinary arts, yeah. then that's like fucked up. So uh he cares a lot about cooking and his restaurants, and I really enjoy how he talked about it and mm. the prologue on it was like everyone told me to write this book. I did not want to write this book, but they kept telling me to. So here it is. Hope you enjoy it. I was love like, yes, that. that's great. I
2: love that. I didn't even oh. want to do this. I don't right want to be here right now. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Cause I think so many t- so many times it's like people are ego driven to write their memoir or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to do this. Why are you even asking me? I promise you it's going to be boring. But they just like made him do it because he was on so many magazines and yeah. has like so many shows, shows and restaurants, see, yeah. Um, yeah, and has such a, a niche into like high end cuisine. But also, he doesn't want to be just high end; he wants to be like ubiquitous in yeah. Yeah. in food. Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. If you guys are familiar with film scripts, like you start off each scene by saying whether it's interior or exterior of a place, mm-hmm. and the whole book is written as a script of him navigating his existence in this Chinatown set and like he tries to go for this role and it was uh, navigating like when you're an Asian American person and maybe specifically an Asian American male you have to decide how you're going to audition for the role of your life constantly Mm. Um, and like thinking about Identity as performance, so I really like that. That's one. so, yeah. that's yeah. really it's yeah. also very angry. So, yeah.
1: you know, I am okay with like I like that anger that has a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah. And it like, yeah. you know, it's not like dude, just like I want to cause a fuss, like he's like, I've got things that I am yeah. frustrated about, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. And then, different kind of break I took was this collection of short stories called The Heaven of Animals by David James Poissant and it's a collection of short stories and I got into it because I was reminiscing about some old speech and debate days where I remembered a really, really good story that, you know, a fellow competitor performed and I was like, I need to find where that came from. And then it led me to this collection of stories. And then I found out that in that collection there were like three or four other stories that did really well competitively in prose interpretation and speech and debate that year. So I was like, damn, this guy was like churning out multiple national out rounds of these like 10 minute stories. So I find that really funny, but it's really good. Each story vaguely relates to like an animal, Hmm. but there's like very, a lot of different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So I really like that one. Oh my God. But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, yeah, fantastic that's what i going list. through. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I'd say for someone who's trying to get back into reading, like <laughs> You're in. well, you are. Well, so audiobooks yeah.
3: is really nice cuz I go on a really yeah. long walks, so I go out on like 2-hour chunks yeah. at a time and traveling for work, like I throw on an audiobook and yeah. get through a lot of it. So. Nice. Yeah. so, yeah, yeah.
1: man. Dude, that's awesome. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's rapid fire it up. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. You can pass on anything you want.
0: Yeah, you don't have to answer all these. <laughs> if you're, like, that's a stupid question. We'll take it personally, but yeah. it's fine.
1: Number one, three words that describe your favorite books, TV shows, or movies right now.
3: Uh, angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great <laughs> word. <laughs> uh, scary mm-hmm. and uh poetic. Nice, cool. What is the last show that you binged?
2: Or yes.
0: Something else you've been... Uh,
3: yeah. kitchen, kitchen Nightmares. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> <Gordon> Great <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah.
0: Love nice. Some Gordon Ramsay. Nice. Moving on.
2: What is your guilty pleasure show, genre, podcast, etc.?
3: Ooh, I really like... Not rom coms, maybe just regular roms. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah! So, like Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, hell yeah! Yeah, mm-hmm. that's some God. good shit.
0: that's traumatic. Like a that is a traumatic. Story. He likes movie. to be traumatized
1: yeah. Yeah, 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 in yeah. all sorts oh, of ways. So yeah. <laughs> Let him feel, things. feel Yeah, something. so that's what
3: I'm that's what okay, I'm into when I'm great. taking a break nice. from cool. Asian stuff and scary stuff. You know, <laughs> just want to sob anyway.
1: Roms. Romantic. Oh, all right, Love it. pivot here. What's your favorite hobby right
3: now? So I got into catching razor clams. Yes, yeah. you <laughs> you're hoping to
1: hear about this. I got a, I got a
3: clamming license in two states. Wow. Uh, you have I to had, get a license. Yeah, you have to get a license, a shellfish wow. license. Well, there's a shellfish license for like $18 and then there's just a razor clam license for $13. So I was like, wow. what if I accidentally catch something that's not a razor yeah, clam? So yeah. I got the shellfish yeah, license. Fair and it's more expensive if you're out of state so the oregon <laughs> license is 28 dollars for Ooh. me and then the washington license is 13 so that's
2: so he cool. went out when did you leave seattle on easter morning uh
3: 4 a.m he mm-hmm.
2: went out to the coast got a bunch of razor clams yeah. that's so cooked cool them up and brought them to easter brunch yeah, <laughs>
3: that's yeah. Not yeah. so you, <laughs> and because it's like regulated you can only catch 15 per day and that's called limiting out so if you limit out that means you're pretty good so Mm, i've limited out twice
2: yeah
1: yeah but the first time
3: i didn't catch any but also it was not the day to that Mm, the (laughs) the tide was high i was just looking to see maybe there would be one or two okay just to get my feet wet but nobody was out there it was not the right time um, gotcha. but the second two times i went out there was like thousands of pe- people on the beach wow and it, it's like a pretty where do you popul- go copalis beach on the coast it's like a two-hour drive along there mock rocks nice. copalis twin long beach or something Definitely twin beaches you long
1: had beach, to have a, a boat for this <laughs> so No, you, you know, have to right have a boat the, for like right
2: crab
3: and lobster that and
2: makes yeah you look that's for cool. the bubbles right and you uh,
3: that's it's called a clam show yeah, so you yeah. look for a dimple or a hole in the ground, and sometimes you have to stomp to make them have a little <laughs> hole. yeah
1: Then you shoot your gun yeah. down there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'm out there
3: looking Listen. for clam shows.
1: Yeah. Kind of Animal Crossing got it right.
3: Oh, wow. Do they have that in
1: there? <laughs> they mm-hmm. do.
3: Clam hunting? Yeah, yeah. You have to look for little holes? Little hole <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. Little, little bubble, little
1: Bob. Man, anyway, not related. Okay.
0: Well, you might have just told us, but oh, what's yeah. your latest culinary experiment?
3: Yeah, cl- clams. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. Made a clam, I made a clam omelet.
1: It mm. was good. It was great. It was really... okay. I'm, I'm glad you missed Yeah, so. It was no great. One had yes,
3: eggs yeah, <laughs> green eggs and clam. Green eggs and clams.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> this question was on here for Joel, but we're going to ask it to you too. Well, what's your favorite sauce?
3: Sauce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go right. to favorite sauce. Probably fish sauce.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Solid. All right. What's your favorite place or experience in Seattle so far?
3: Ooh, I've been trying to go to a new park every week or so. And I don't know if I have a favorite yet, but mm. literally any anything by water. Yeah. It's like yeah. so nice. And you can go to water in any direction.
1: You can yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah, have yeah. you been to Carnegie so Park yet?
3: No, that's up here, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like north. north. It's yeah. a
1: good By,
0: time. Yeah, shoreline. I love Carkeek.
3: Is that the dog one? Or is that Golden Gate? Golden.
2: Golden Gardens.
3: Golden Gardens. Yeah.
0: That's not a dog one. Carkeek's not Car- a
2: dog. I
1: don't think either. I've been to Carkeek. It's cool. I went for a, a office You've got like a picnic. Nice little yeah. Yeah. Beach area. But it has a portion that feels like Ravenna Park as well, and then you there's like the beach, and there're train tracks that are in between the beach and the park
0: part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The What's it called? Amtrak yeah. goes to Bellingham every mm-hmm. day, I think. Yeah. Goes through there. Anyway, I'm going to do a section called this or that, okay? Okay. This is rapid fire. I'm going to say two things. Tell me which one, okay? okay. Fast. Okay. Fast. <laughs> okay. Fiction or nonfiction? Nonfiction. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Comedy or drama? Uh, drama. Cats or dogs? <laughs> dogs. Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. This one doesn't have to be fast. Favorite AAPI author? Uh,
3: Balfi. Balfi? All right, That's Nice. nice.
0: That's oh. list. You did great. <laughs> yeah. One Final. stumble, but we'll give you an A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that was great. <laughs> that was one. Last, Last one. question.
2: What's something you're excited about right now?
3: Summers in Seattle or late yeah. spring in yeah. Seattle. Yeah. 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 Wow. Summer.
2: yeah. You moved here in August, so yeah. it's.
1: Kind of your first Seattle summer. Yeah, I'm
3: excited. Kind
1: of. August it's is really when it gets nice. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and September's fantastic, but you've gone through winter now, so you'll be able to you'll really appreciate it, better, it. Yeah. Right? yeah. It's already crazy just how much later the sun is setting. Oh yeah, I that's know. the best part. You know, yeah. it's yeah. not going to get warm though until like late no. June. I don't
3: even care about that. I just want sunshine sun, sun. No, evening, sun. You're fine. evening sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for real. Yeah.
0: Mm. It's
1: going to be great. It's getting good. Yeah. All right. Well, we had so much fun with you being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. For everyone, we will link your handle. um, All the books mentioned. All the books in the show notes, which are linked in the description to this episode. Mm -hmm. So check it out. Reach out to us if you liked this. If you want to see Hui back, (laughs) hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. See you all next time. See
2: ya. Bye. Thanks for listening. Links from today's episode can be found in the show notes on our website, whatchareadanddo.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that piqued your interest this week or that you want to share, email us at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Instagram at WRDPod. Follow us to stay up to date on future episodes. Like, leave a review, tell a friend, you get the idea. Music for this podcast is created by Kalindo. Find him on Instagram at TheRealKalindo. Stay inspired and we'll see you next.